we've discussed a little bit about how scripture is not about rules and regulations, but rather about glorifying God with your life and living to honor him with everything that you do. With that being said, if you would turn in your Bible to Galatians 5. And we're going to start at verse uh, verse 13. So we live under a new covenant. This covenant is called grace. Um, and it is called living under what Jesus did for us. And that's there's such freedom in that. So with that being said, starting in verse 13, it says, For you are called to be free, brethren, but do not use your freedom to indulge um, in the flesh, but rather serve one another in love. For the whole law is fulfilled in the one word and the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are an opposition to one another so that you may not do the things in which you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So when it's in ref- when it references the flesh and the Spirit, the flesh means the part of you who wants to sin. You want to do whatever you want. You want to live sinfully. The Spirit is in reference to the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you that's desires to glorify God. And then it mentions that if you live by the Spirit, you will um, not be under the law. The law is in reference to the, um, the condemnation of the Old Covenant. Verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and the things like these, of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and against such There is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. As you've seen the scripture already, you know, hopefully it is the background on your phone or whatever. As you can see, it is a slightly different one, but it is, it is on mine as well. Um, But yeah, so you, you should have already seen the scripture of Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in God. That should be a scripture that you, I hope, memorize forever and keep with you forever, because that is kind of the theme of this entire course that we're going through, is that you've been crucified with Christ. Your, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price, as it says in Corinthians. Like, we're not supposed to live for ourselves once we give our lives to Jesus. And now if you will turn to Romans 8, we'll start from verse 1 there. But understand that this idea of living by the Spirit means that you're going to sacrifice everything that you have a personal desire to do to live in accordance to how the Word of God has commanded you to live. Remember, everything in the Word of God is is breathed by Him. It was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So all of these are God's words that we are reading, and we're supposed to obey every single word that we see here. With that being said, let us start uh, in Romans 8.1. It says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I could go through this entire chapter, and it could take me hours um, to just give a commentary on just one verse like that, but I'm just going to go through and highlight the points that I really want to get at. But um, if you're a born-again believer, 
you have no concern about there being condemnation for you. If you're going through this course, it's showing me that you have a desire to get closer to God. And if you're saying, Cody, uh, you know, I sinned yesterday. Does that mean I'm not saved? That is not how the faith works. We have been covered by grace. We've been saved by grace through faith, right? So no, you are not condemned because you messed up. Condemned means go to hell. Um, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, which is what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. You have no concern about going to hell if you're living for the Lord all of your days. If your desire is to glorify God with everything that you have and you fall short, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between tripping and falling into a pool and diving headfirst into it. If your desire is to dive headfirst into the pool and say that you go to church every Sunday or whatever, and that, that you're fine, you are greatly deceived. But if you say, hey, Cody, I messed up. I got mad again. I, I you know yelled at my brother again, whatever it is. There, there is, there's grace for that. That's what grace is for. There's no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. The only time you have to be concerned is if you're going to repeat, repeatedly live in the same sin with zero concern. And you're saying, yeah, I know it's sin. I know I shouldn't do it. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't even care. That's where you should be concerned. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 makes that very clear. He says, Lord, Lord, uh, many will come to me that day and say, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not perform mighty miracles and prophesy in your name? And Jesus will respond, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. That's a scary thing that I don't want any of you to hear on the day of judgment. So that's why it's important that we don't live in a state of habitual sin. But hopefully that is none of you that are watching currently. Verse 2, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. But the law could not do weak as it was to the flesh. God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned the sin to uh, the sin in the flesh so that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk in accordance to the flesh, but in accordance to the spirit. It's a fancy way of saying you will please God by living by the spirit. For those who are uh, those who are according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, but those who are, are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is dead, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because of the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not not subject itself to the law of God, but it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if your goal is to be selfish and do whatever you want and whatever you desire, you will never please God ever. But if you're constantly thinking, how can I honor God? How can I glorify God in this moment? You will constantly be pleasing him because you will be living not by the flesh, but by the spirit. Verse nine, however, you are not of the flesh, but of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But anyone, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So little uh, fact for you, if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you do not, you do not have the Holy Spirit. You cannot get any more or less of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. You have all or none of this person of the Holy Spirit. You cannot ever get more of them. You can do more than the Holy Spirit has asked of you, but you cannot get any more of the Holy Spirit himself. Verse 10, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So he's making a point to say that you are dead if you are not born again. You might be thinking you're alive. You might be living. You might have a pulse, but you're spiritually dead. And the Holy Spirit comes and brings life to your dead bones. 
Verse 12, so then we are under obligation not to the flesh uh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living in accordance to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption in which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is just Aramaic for saying daddy. The spirit testifies with our spirit, with the children of God. And if, if children heirs also, and if God, or, and if, and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we also may be glorified with him. One of the points of living in holiness is that you will endure persecution for your faith. This is a promise for all Christians. This is mentioned many times, Luke 10, Matthew 10, 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 4. This is mentioned regularly throughout scripture, 2 Timothy 5, um, because God knew that we would get persecuted for our faith and that we would have to endure. And those who endure, those who persevere, there will be a crown for you one day and you will not have to worry about any sort of condemnation for you, any sort of terror of a, a great day of, of fear. You won't have to worry about that because you will have had persevered through those trials. Um, verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Um, verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So as I just said, yes, there will be persecution, but it is so worth it. It is so small into being able to spend eternity with Christ one day. It's not even comparable. It is not even on the same playing field as being able to spend eternity with your Savior one day. So yes, I have gotten persecution for my faith on a regular basis, weekly basis, daily basis, matter of fact, from people who get infuriated by me and the way that I live. And that's proclaiming Christians and non-Christians alike. And at the end of the day, I don't care what any of them have to say because I know what he has to say. And that's all that matters to me at the end of the day. And then it says that all creation is longing for the sons of God to be revealed. People are dying to know the information that you have inside of you. You might not know it yet. They might not know it yet. But they are dying, literally dying to know this information. And we are commanded to share that information with us, with them. And scripture says right here that they are longing for the sons of God to be revealed. Now that longing might look like them yelling at you, them calling you names and stuff like that. But they are groaning for, for, for you to share who you are and who they're called to be. <clears throat> Verse 20. For the creation was subject to futility, not willing, not willingly, but because God, um, because of him who subjected it <clears throat> in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole of creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we also ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, <clears throat> Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption of sons and the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For, for who hopes for what he for? Oh my gosh, let me try that again. Sorry. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we eagerly wait for it. 
So our body's going to be redeemed one day and us who are born again know that because our spirit testifies of that being true. So we're called to do one thing and that is to stay and fight and persevere till the end and God has that crown for us. And what we're supposed to do while we are here on this earth is make sure that we live by the spirit, obey what God has told us to do by the spirit. How do we know what the spirit has for us to live in? Well, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. So if Jesus would do it, you're called to do it. If Jesus was called in regards to living in holiness, obedience, of course, things like Jesus dying on the cross for our sins or fulfilling the law, those are things that are specific to Jesus. <clears throat> but if we see Jesus do it, if we see the heart of God say it, if we see it in the New Testament as a command for you, that's what living by the Spirit says. And we should be living and striving for that every day of our lives.